Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 283 for April 14th, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashir, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, and of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Um, real quick, I just found out that Isotunes is also one of the sponsors of the Great Guitar Build-Off, the, uh, the thing that I just started uh, this week where they, uh, me and a bunch of other guitar makers, make guitars, like try to do something kind of crazy, and then they get auctioned off for charity. And uh, hmm. so I thought that was hmm. nice. It was like worlds colliding. Huh. Tim, what are you working on? Uh, I'm working on a guitar that I'm making for the Great Guitar Build-Off. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Is no there way. somebody who we have a, we share in common as far as a sponsor with them? You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, Isotunes <laughs> is actually um, sponsoring that event as well as our podcast Worlds right collide. Now. Yeah, worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, riffing, let's get riffing. <laughs> seriously, what are you working on, though? Uh, seriously, I am working on that. The kit just came in. Um, so the 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 premise is that um, the the contest was started by Crimson Guitars, which is a UK-based uh, guitar company. Guy's got a great YouTube channel. He'll be my he'll be my one I'm into this week is Crimson Guitars, and. Um, Spoilers. And so they started this contest last year in lockdown to sort of just, you know, do something, you know, get, give some people something to do and, and, you know, make money for charity. So this year I'm, uh, I was invited to join the Invitational. So they're doing like an Invitational where they mail out their kits. Um, they make these pretty high-end guitar kits made of nice wood and stuff. Um, a little bit different than my kit where my kit's all more about the hardware. Um, and then, uh, then other people just kind of do it on their own and, you know, and raise money for charity. It's a great thing. So they mailed me their kit, and um, usually their their kit is like a block of wood that's uh, like pre-drilled, like the pickup holes and stuff pre-drilled, but it's just a big rectangle, so you can kind of cut your shape out and stuff. Uh, and they, they mailed me one of those with the neck, and um, it was very nice of them, like because they know who I am and and my stance on you know sustainability and the types of woods that I use. Normally they have an ebony fingerboard on their um, on their maple necks, and they sent me one that was all maple, which I thought was really nice, you know. So I don't have to use uh, ebony, which just doesn't really... I mean, I use ebony that I have some scraps in my shop, but to use, like, a whole ebony fingerboard just didn't really feel right for me. And that was, like, my biggest concern is I didn't want to make a guitar out of these, like, import woods, but they sent me one with all, you know, pretty... Well, the body's ash, which is a pretty typical guitar wood and is usually a pretty good wood to use, although nowadays it's in danger a little bit from the emerald ash borer, so that, that might here. be... Yeah, it might I don't be think gone it's in soon. danger in Europe. I don't think so either. I think it's just in America, and so he's yeah. so where they're yeah. coming from, you know, it's yeah. not. But um, but so like so it's it's ash and maple. It's things that are on my bench commonly, so I feel good about mm-hmm. that, you know. Oh, and you know what? We should have we should have let him know to send you a bunch of scraps from his shop, and that would be your part is putting something together like you normally do, but with scraps sent from him. 
Well, that's kind of. What I, so, you know, that was like the, that was the question we had when they first contacted me. And I went back and forth with this guy there. But like, well, how do we do this? Like, I don't want to look like I'm wagging my finger at you for using Ebony. But at the same time, I want to be true to me. And if you just send me a kit and I just throw away all the wood you give me and start using Reclaim, that doesn't make sense. And so the idea that I came up with is, um, you know, the kits, sometimes they're just a big rectangle blank that you cut your body shape out of. And sometimes they're actual pre-cut body shapes that you can then modify. So I said, send me the big rectangle blank. So what I'm doing, which I think is very Tim Sway, is I have a guitar shape that I designed that I cut out of that blank. And then all the leftover pieces I'm, I glue back together and I'm making another instrument out of. Oh, okay. Hmm. I like it. There you go. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, they, I've seen them bake uh, maple until it gets very dark. Yeah, roasted maple. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Couldn't you do that with something as small as a fingerboard that you could put in your fridge? Or, I mean, in your oven? Fridge would be weird. Oven makes more sense. Yeah, they wouldn't bake very fast in the fridge. It'd take a little longer. Yeah, probably um, a little faster than the oven, yeah. Yeah, I don't know too, too much about that. Some people are really into the roasted maple, and they claim it makes all these different sounds and stuff. And I mean, I've done stuff like that before, the torch, where I've just roasted like you like you flame the grain. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never No, but then it. if you sand it, then you're, you're getting below the color change, like so right. or whatever. Right. But so roasting I, it, or whatever it's called, where you actually change it, yeah. like chemically altering it. Right. You make it darker. Then even if you sand it, it's still dark underneath. Yeah, and... Um, there is a process called ebonizing where like before the before roasting was in ebonizing was in where they like soak it in some black so it's not just staining it black but they would like yeah. so when you sand it it stays black you know um yeah there's yeah. all sorts of things like that you can do you know but i my i'm just like what's wrong with just a color of maple <laughs> you know well nothing well, except you, you want contrast. contrast no yeah contrast um yeah i'm gonna in this particular instrument i'm going to probably stain the body uh with water-based stains you know but um yeah, I guess, um, I don't know, I haven't tried it yet. I, I know a little bit about it, but like I said, I don't really know the pros and cons, especially for myself, because I've never done it. So maybe someday I will. So, yeah. so no to everything we're saying. So, is what you're saying. so a better, a better. so just so you know, Tim, because I've just been around longer than you guys, yeah. a better response to Phil would have been, that sounds interesting, Phil, I might give that a try. Even though and you know don't. in your mind, you, you're not going to. <laughs> no. But see, that makes Phil go, oh, thank you. And then it's just it's just a thing. Keep it in your back pocket. It's another yeah. tool for hey, you the know, tool belt. You know what, Bill? I appreciate your insight. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely give that a shot. Yeah, I, 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 I will remember this. <laughs> uh, this yeah, I, I like that. This neck is already assembled, so I can't roast this neck because it's got the frets in oh it and stuff. But, but, um, but yeah, no, it is something I have been thinking about for real. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, Who's next? Bill, what are you? Uh, what are you? What are you working on there? You know what? I d- I actually have something that I can talk about. What? I know, right? Yeah. So Casey was asking me. Um, she needs because she is a shoe fiend. Um, she needs. She wanted something to put her boots on. She says, "All I need. I don't need a shoe rack. My shoes fit on there, but the boots are taller. They don't fit on the typical shoe rack. Or you got to stuff them up underneath. Can you make me just like a shelf, a small shelf that I can put my boots on?" And I'm like, "Well, sure, I can. That's that's so." My thought was, and she's, "I don't want it to be fancy, nothing like that. Just 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 a shelf." I'm like, "Okay, five like a little bookshelf." So I said, "Okay." So um, while at work, I walked over to Home Depot and. And by the way, I, I work right across the street from Home Depot. It's, I'd be there all the time. They would know me like yeah. Norm from Cheers. Yeah, dude, it's 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 funny. People come up to me to ask me where stuff is. Anyway, 
Uh, the people who work there come up and ask me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I went to look. At, I thought, okay, well, just some plywood, just a nice. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah, the expense! <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding me with the price of plywood right now? Hundred twenty dollars. Okay, a what sheet? about what about some OSB? OSB is fifty dollars a sheet. Yeah. Get out of here. Make yeah. my own $50 OSB. Fifty dollars a sheet. OSB. Yeah, yeah. It was eight. Last time I bought it was eight dollars for like the the well, half inch. So, you know. speaking of Taz, um, a while back when he was remodeling his house, he went to buy a bunch of stuff from Home Depot, uh, uh, like pallets of like sheetrock, and he bought a bunch of OSB, and it was like that. It was like seven something a sheet. And then since the pandemic has hit, we've been watching the wood prices go up and up and up, but specifically the OSB because. Every time we walk in home, you're like, I can't believe that stuff's 18 bucks a shit. I can't believe that stuff's $24. And, so, and then the last time I looked, I'm like 49 something a sheet for OSB. So basically what I'm trying to say, and I don't have any scraps at the house. I'm like, honey. I can't <laughs> afford to make fine. you. <laughs> right. So I said, why don't we go look at like, you know, Walmart. I mean, just, just to see what they have. Because I'm, even though it's super cheap, I'm even more cheap. And I'll, I'll bargain down an open box or something. So I got a little five-shelf bookshelf from Walmart. Um, open box, it was 12 bucks, Right. I, I can't wood? be. No. No. Oh, particle board, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the worst kind of particle board. It's like. The, it's like. The light. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's just. It, it breaks so easy. So. I don't mind that because I've dealt with this so much in the past. And here I am going to throw in some of my maker wisdom. So I get this thing home. And what I do when I'm dealing with that. So the problem you usually have with that stuff, it's so light and it's, it's just brittle. It's, it's just mm -hmm. bad. It's, not, it's, it's like the worst kind of particle board ever. It's like if you had particle board and you get it wet and then it, it, it expands, and, yeah. then they mill it back down. And that's what they give you, right? It's just... <laughs> Okay. So anyway, but it's got Speed a white grade. finish on it. I think well, it's called flame roasted when they do that. It's called roasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I do, because you know it has a little cam bolts, it has a little cam locks. It's yeah. that kind yeah. of a system, right? Yep. So what I do is anywhere that you have to screw into that, I lubricate the screws with wood glue. And that does two things. Number one, you can't tighten those screws down tight because it will just immediately strip and or break every time. And I've, I've done this for years, but if you use wood glue on your screws, as you screw them in, all you have to do is just get it to where it seats and leave it alone. The glue actually hardens the particle board around where the screw is, swells it up a little bit, and it's just super, super tight. You don't it's have like to worry about it. It's like a thread locker. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's a great, a simple that's a great thing. tip. Use wood, yeah. So that's what I did. So I put together her little uh, bookshelf, and um, and then of course you know uh, it's got the little cardboard back on it. So after you get it all together, you light down the floor, yeah, and yeah, you got to yeah. tap all the little tiny yeah, screws, of which yeah. they're missing like six. You know, so okay, I so, saw I'm so OSD or whatever you call it. You know, OSB. Yeah, OSB. Yeah, I'm so OCD. Yeah, organized scramble. I'm so anyway. I had to. Divvy them out in order, in, you know, evenly Do the amongst the yeah. back of the board. So yeah. the ones that were missing on one side, if I skipped, you know, the little slot on this side, I skipped a little slot on the other side. Yeah. But anyway, use glue when you're putting those types of cheap, cheap furnitures together. Uh, it will save you some headaches and never over tighten it because if you even give it a little half of a crank, it's going to break. Yeah. So you just yeah. seat it with the glue in there. Everything's good. She's happy. I'm happy. I actually made something. I told her when I was all done, I said, honey, I can say I made something on the podcast so Phil doesn't yell at me anymore. 
it wasn't yelling. It was more of disappointment. But uh, here's another tip then if we're talking about that uh, OSB or whatever, the chipboard stuff. And I have stripped out many a many a screw in these things. Oh, my God, yeah. What I'll do then is if I strip out one hole, I will drill it out to the size of a dowel. I'll glue in a dowel, mm -hmm. cut it flush, and then re-drill the hole, and then it'll actually work. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to do that. You just got to be careful with that, too, because, again, that stuff is so brittle, it'll – if you – if you're running the drill in, it's really easy to go the, right through the It'll actually break the part of the board, yeah. It'll yeah, go yeah. out. Yeah. you got to go super slow. Yeah. But, yeah. And just and use wood glue because the wood glue actually it, – it'll absorb so far into that crap that it, it actually strengthens the yeah. structure of mm. it, the integrity. Right. Yeah, there's so much space. Well done. <laughs> so much space yeah. in there for glue. It's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, Because my ultimately, isn't it just like wood chips and glue? So Yeah. 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 It's it's uh, it's so bad. Enough, like maybe. I said, it's almost like if you if you get particle board wet, it gets swollen up, right? So now it's bigger, it's thicker, but it's got much more air pockets and stuff in it. Yeah. And then they say, oh, no problem. We'll just remill that back down. And then they put the veneer over it, and here you go. Right. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's awful. It's a wood it's sponge. Yeah, that's exactly Basically. right. Um, nice. Okay. Well, how about you, what, Phil? What did I do this week? Um, okay, so... The, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but the we have this, you know, like swing set clubhouse thing for the kids in the backyard, and it mm -hmm. was right behind the net when we were when we had the ice rink set up in the backyard. It was a little tight setup, so any errant puck or shot or whatever hit the clubhouse, and uh, and so a few of the boards or like the actual slats that make up the clubhouse got, you know, shattered from errant pucks. So I spent the weekend. Uh, basically making new slats out of whatever I could find. I'd glue up scraps and uh, so that I could make – I wasn't going to go out and buy new cedar. I don't have that kind of money. But uh, so whatever I had, I'd either glue it longer, glue it wider, and then mill it into the – it's like shiplap basically, right? So right. I have to mill up that shape. So that's uh, – I spent quite a while doing that, organized the garage. And uh, interesting announcement, I'm going to be downsizing the garage into my furnace room. So I'm going to be taking the shop. I'm going to be pretty much selling all of my stationary equipment. So if there's anybody in Montreal, please what, reach what, out what, to me. What? What? Yeah. 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 It's a big move. It's a big move. I, so what, I should you going have to, you're going to go to hand meeting. tools only or? I'm going to go to hand tools and powered hand tools. But so, um, so I'll, I'm going to bring my Rubo into the furnace room. I'm going to bring my, uh, my tool wall there and then i'm going to have a set of shelving for all of my other tools that will go in there and it will really just be focused on like traditional hand working uh, hand, uh, woodworking except for some of a drill still have a router all that kind of stuff i'm going to keep my track saw um but so i'm going to i'm going to keep it very 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 tight uh, so it'll be right next to my electronics bench it'll be in there and uh and I was going to build a shed in the backyard, but then we wouldn't have room for the ice rink. So while the kids are young, I'm going to be in the furnace room. And uh, when the kids get older and they no longer need an ice rink, I will build an outbuilding in the backyard. But that's the plan I'm for impressed. Now. I'm impressed. You're, you're basically going back to uh, somebody who's starting out, right? Where you don't have all the big fancy tools. You're going to have, a, yeah. you're gonna have a, a skill saw instead of a table saw. You're going to have yep. a, you know, yeah, wow. Well, what, yeah, it's interesting. So 
I, what I'll do is uh, probably just no more rough lumber, right? Because I don't want to be dimensioning by hand. So no more planer, no more jointer, none of that stuff. So it'll I'll probably just buy you know S4S stuff. Um, and, and but to be honest with you, usually when you get reclaimed material, it already is surface. Like I don't do too much milling of stuff. Like if you take a poured, take apart like a a panel off of a desktop. It doesn't need to be dimensioned. It just needs to be cut to the size yeah. you need it. And well, that's sort of like And if you're picking up part about pallets, everything. it's almost like you just kind of want that look anyways. You know, you can sand it out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't – anyways, I don't uh, – I, I think I'm going to be slowing down in my approach to woodworking. I'm not going to be trying to bang projects out. I will – I'll be very happy to sort of stretch out a project. I'm going to be building like really any – a bookshelf. It'll be something that takes – Four months, but maybe I focus like a ton on the joinery, and I and I really try to do dovetails or whatever the case may be. I really want to focus on building those fundamental skills and to see what can be done, and just to really make it more of a fun hobby and not a side hustle at all. Like I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with this being a side hustle. I got to tell you, a big part of me thinking about retirement in a few years is doing basically the same thing. If 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 I'm going to be putzing around and building. A cigar box guitar. I don't need all this. I can't believe the shop that I have now. I can't believe all the tools I've accumulated over the last several years. Yeah, you know, I hear you. And um, and for as often as I use them, I'm feeling the same way. And um, I will probably be an inside. If if I'm living in the Midwest, I'm probably going to want a basement type shop anyway. Unless I can, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll see something that's, you know, a heated garage, which would be great. Um, but if not, it's going to be a small basement type shop and. And, uh, yeah, I might be doing the same thing, and it doesn't bother me. Got to tell you, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, look, the kids are getting older. They, our garage is, like, full to the brim with, like, kids' stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And throughout the winter, nobody could park their cars in the garage, and it was, like, a, it was a pretty snowy winter. And I just really felt bad. You know, like, I, you know, I clean off my car, clean off my wife's car, I go to work. And then when she goes to do something, an hour and a half later, her car's full of snow again, and... She's out there in her boots and shoveling off this car, and I just, I felt a little selfish about it, so. I had the same problem, so I rented a barn down the street. <laughs> we talked about that. She, she's like, well, why don't you why don't you rent a space? Yeah. And I'm like, let me think about how often I get into the garage now, mm-hmm. and now let me think about paying rent to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, if, you were, if you were doing that for a living, it's one thing. Tim makes his money. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because I thought about the same no, thing. I, I'm like, too, the, yeah. I might, I might be able to finagle a space at work, right, where I could rent one of the little storage rooms there. I thought about that to. Oh yeah. Well, are there that, any decent like, maker spaces in your area, Phil? Because it might be worth becoming a member if you had, if you did need someplace to go in and do some cutting and. Yeah, so they're they're like I'm in the burbs. They're definitely, and I visited one or two in the city, mm-hmm. um, like in the city so you have like these like artist areas there's one in montreal called griffintown and it's like like one of these up-and-coming areas and like it's very artsy uh so i went to one there and it was i think i was talking to you about this guy i was thinking about opening up a maker space and so i wanted to see what they were about and mm-hmm. i went to go see this one um and anyway so that i know that they're in the city there's none out here um so it really wouldn't be worth it it, like if anything, I, I don't I'd, doubt that if you ever had a bigger project that for whatever reason you wanted to make or or whatever for whatever reason you could find a place to get the bigger stuff done. You don't, you know, it's not like it's unattainable. Yeah, yeah, or no, it might for just sure. take longer. It, it might be rent. You know, you can rent tools too. 
You can go That's rent true. a tool, do it in the driveway, get the big parts of your project done in the driveway, and you know what I mean. So it's not a, unattainable. I, mm. No, but the truth is, with a track saw, like you just have to go slower and do your measurements like three, four times, but you can get the same results as a table saw. Absolutely. You know, and I've also seen a lot of really clever workbench builds around those little Dewalt job site. Uh, yeah. Table saw is a little, you know, very small. Where they they build it into the table so you just pull the blade down it's just part of your workbench and so it's really not taking up any footprint but it is it is yeah. a dust maker it is a noise maker you know i'm not going to do that in the first room that was the biggest that was the biggest concern for me so any like anything that i've got to break down that's big i will take outside if i'm going to use the tracks right. on i really don't want to use any real power tools in in the furnace room and i really want to keep that the router's so loud that'll drive you nuts right. in there but that would be that would be an outside tool also yeah. but like yeah. The truth is, if I'm doing it for fun, I really want to be doing a lot of it by hand. You yeah. know what I mean? So if I'm doing mortises, yeah, I'll use my hand drill and I'll and I'll drill out a couple of holes. But really, I'll be doing the mostly chiseling and stuff like that. So yeah. um, really sort of I'm excited very, for very you. Back That'll be interesting to see this new process. It's just, hmm. just a, it's just a new thing. It's a new way yeah. to go. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, and, and I went from an apartment with nothing to a house with a decent sized shop and then you know uh, this that's what this is for now and then as the kids get older I'll probably build out something and and, and have a, a dedicated space that I don't have to share with with anything else so uh, I'm not I'm not scared of change one of my best friends always says to me that uh, change is a good thing uh, what an idea that guy knows nothing you should keep your shop fair enough <laughs> good point yeah no so anyways it'll be it'll be a fun adventure and uh, and so I'm probably gonna take a day off later this week clear out the furnace room and i'll put up some uh, some two by four strapping up against the walls so that i have basically studs to to mm. drill stuff into and to secure stuff to um what does your let me ask you this, this is totally off topic but um would into concrete wall would you use wall anchors or would you use tapcon screws you want to use the tapcons right like the um they make them. They Tap make them for construction glue. Yeah, it comes with, yeah, it comes with a special a special drill bit to drill into the concrete. You bolt yeah. those in. You definitely want to use a construction glue as well. Yep. Because that, like the oh, chipboard, really? if that screw yeah, gets a little loose. Yeah, the liquid nails from the back of the 2x4 onto the concrete. Yeah. Plus, plus but what if screws? I want to take that 2x4 off in the yeah, unbolt and break, the, break the glue bond, yeah. I have a laundry rack hanging in my basement that I never even put Tapcons in. I use just liquid nails. And we'll put, I mean, there'll be like five or six shirts hanging on this thing out 18 inches from the wall. It's fine. You know. Okay. So Obviously, like, for a tool rack, you're going to want to use at least a couple Tapcons, but. Okay. No, I definitely will. Yeah. So you're saying like what? Like construction adhesive? Yeah. Like just that liquid, yeah. Nails. Just liquid nails. The, just the cheap liquid one. Nails. The brown and blue or tan and blue container. That's all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll do. And just use OSB. It's cheap. Yeah, it's 50 bucks a sheet. <laughs> there's, a, there's a place up the street. There's a building I looked at buying. Like, it's, like, about a mile from my house, and it's this little old corner market in, like, a neighborhood, and it's, like, so it's, like, kind of weird. It's, like, a business, but just all of the houses around it. Little, like, 900-square-foot, like, old deli, you know? And um, I I wanted to buy it, but it's, like, it was just, like, there's so many things that they had zoning and parking. But so these guys bought it, and they're, um... They're like a, a home renovation uh, company. And so I was like, oh, it's perfect for those guys. It's in a neighborhood, and it's like a small little place when they have an office. But it turns out that they're actually building an apartment on the second floor, 
like a house to live in. So the guy's going to live upstairs and have his office downstairs. Like, oh, that's good for him. You know, young family, like, you know, building this place all by themselves. I'm like, good for them. You know, I see the permits go up. Good for them. And now plywood's like $120 a sheet. And I see them out there building. Like, oh, my God. I hope this guy survives. Like, the amount of money it's costing him to build this place right now. You yeah. Know? Like, literally, like, triple, quadruple the materials cost. I mean, maybe because he's buying in bulk, so he's probably doing better than retail. But still, it's at least double. You know? What kind no, of a discount you think he's getting off that buck twenty a sheet? Maybe ten percent, fifteen at the outside. If he's an incredible negotiator, not right. even though. I don't. E- I don't even know if you're getting discounts on it. To be honest with you yeah. guys, it's, why would they give it's a discount? It's so bad right yeah. now. The cost yeah. of materials is so bad. Mm, Do you really think there's that much of a shortage, or this is like some opportunism here going on? I think it's a lot of both. I, it just depends mm-hmm. upon what. I can tell you in the um, in the gun world, uh, ammo is just. It's Through. gone. It's well, off it was, the shelves. Same as toilet paper a year ago, too. One one person says there's toilet, they're running out of toilet paper. Whether it's true or not, once the word is out, the market. And the toilet paper manufacturers are like, yeah. what are you doing? There's, there's, plenty, of, yeah. there's plenty of paper. Well, that's the thing, same though, amount is, of is tokuses. If the demand goes up high enough, yeah. the prices are going to go up more because you got to hire more people to, to make more product. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. It's all everywhere around. So you're creating more jobs, but the overhead goes up, so you got to charge more. I mean, now, I, th- as I, say, I think it's more. I think there's some opportunism. When demand goes back down to what it's supposed to be, like it's artificial. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's been over. It's been over a year. It's been over a year. So it's not slowing down anytime soon. Well, more more vaccines in people's arms. People are going back to work. They're getting out of their houses. Abs- absolutely, but it's still not going to be anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, but the truth is also this demand is borrowed from the future. Right, like if you were going to do a renovation in two years from now, you're like, oh, now's a good time. Let's just do it now. Yeah. Right. So you're going to have a slowdown, I think, in the next few years substantially because that new construction will have been done. Those renovations will have been done. But you got to keep you got to keep in mind too, though, the amount of people that are out of work from construction, the companies that have closed. Most companies are not these gigantic contracting firms, right? No, yeah, yeah. It's a guy with a license, and he hires a half a dozen or maybe a dozen guys, a couple yeah, of subcontractors. Temporary. All of these people have lost their businesses and their livelihoods. Yeah, almost all yeah. of them. You know, this this might so actually that's, be that's, this might actually be our topic this week. Maybe hold the other one for just because of like the costs of building materials. Maybe of like that pitch, like oh hey, well hello, this is reclaimed audio. What are some solutions? You know, interesting. Okay, well I have a solution for you in case you're worried about hearing loss. <laughs> <laughs> You are the master, my friend. You are the master. I'm okay. Uh, We do a weekly tip segment, guys, as you know, and that weekly tip segment is brought to you by Isotunes. Isotunes is a family-built safety brand and a global industry leader dedicated to supplying you with the next generation of hearing protection. What does that even mean? Okay. That means that they have a whole broad range of uh, hearing protection that ranges from earbuds to my favorites, the over-ear cans called the Lynx. And they're Bluetooth, so while you're protecting your hearing, while you're on the job site, while you're in your garage, while you're in your furnace room, you can save your hearing, you can listen to podcasts, music, nothing. Um, I say it every week, but the reason that I love it is is because while I'm synced to my phone, I know whether or not I got a text message or a phone call. So as long as it's silent in my ear, I can keep working and not worry that I'm missing something like, oh my God, what happened to one of the kids or like my wife needs me. It just gives me the the peace of mind to know that I can just keep working without having to constantly check my phone every two minutes. So I love them. Um, I know we all use them. They're fantastic. And I think the important thing to do is to support 
the companies that support the makers that you like. Um, and above and beyond this weekly tip segment, what that means is that uh, listeners, they send us their tips. You're entered into a draw to win a set of isotunes. And that's going to be done actually in uh, in a few weeks' time. In about three weeks, we're going to do that draw. And uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, yeah, isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio. You go there. You check out the uh, the isotunes that they have for sale. And you can use our promo code reclaim 10 to get $10 off. So depending on which isotunes you choose, that's like anywhere between Wait. 12 and 17% off. Wait, so I, it's a really, really you, good deal. You said 10% off? No, I actually said $10 off. 10 Whoa! <laughs> yeah, no, no. Glad I could correct that, Tim. Thank Phew. you. Yeah. Because I thought it was so, a great deal, and now I find out it's an absolutely amazing deal. <laughs> it's a steal yeah. of a deal. I'm putting well, we my seem, stamp We seem to focus on, on um, everything but the, the actual safety aspect of these things, right? It's like, yeah, you can Tell answer your it. phone. Yeah, they look super cool. Yeah, they dress up your wardrobe. Mm. But they actually save your hearing. These things are designed to save your earballs. I'm just saying. Are they OSHA approved? They are OSHA approved, Phil. Huh. Huh. Well, Look there you that. go. What I think the word antsy goes in there somewhere, too, and I don't mean the kind that makes you nervous. Antsy in your pantsies? Let me see here. Mm, well, we might have to edit this part out. I don't know. I don't see it anymore, <laughs> but I'm sure it's the case. <laughs> we don't have to edit anything out. They're never going to take us serious as it is. It doesn't matter. Terrific. Terrific, Bill. Thank you for that. All right. So, um, uh, Let's hear those tips. So it's counsel at williamlutz.com to, to email you. <laughs> and if you get a bounce back, just yeah. keep emailing. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a couple good tips this week that are all these people are automatically entered into the contest. Um, first one I'll read here is from Jeremy Berth. Uh, first, he wants to thank us for the show. He enjoys it immensely, so... I guess he's all right. <laughs> My tip is going to be one I find myself using today. Well, I guess it's four tips in one. Um, I love this. When painting or staining boards on all sides, put a hook screw in the end of the board, like the, the end grain, so they can hang to dry. Pre-drill and start the hook screw by hand and then find a socket that fits over the screw and let your drill do most of the work to drive it into the board, which is like another like kind of handy tip that you don't always have to turn these things in with your fingers. You know, there's tricks to it. I often use a screwdriver and stick it in the hole and like the eye hook and just spin the screwdriver. I often, I just chuck up another eye hook into my drill and then you could just loop that into the other eye hook. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, see where where to hang it. Most He's assuming that most of us are working in places with garage doors, which is often true. And uh, most garages have at least two spots built in, he says, uh, the, the garage door rails that go over your head. So um, you can just hang these hooks and these strings right from that metal rail to let them dry. But then the, the most important tip, this is my favorite tip because I could totally 100% see this happening, is um, don't forget to use the lock feature on your garage door opener. Um, and pull the release cord so your spouse doesn't accidentally open the garage door and ruin your day. Because <laughs> that could totally <laughs> happen. Yeah. Great tip. That's a good tip. Mm. And, um, okay, we had a couple other here, too. Um, oh, Marsh Wildman wrote in. Um, it's going to be good. Yeah, I know. I, I love Marsh. He's such a, such a talented dude, too. Um, here's my tip. Perfection is, and this means a lot to me coming from, <laughs> from a guy like yeah. Marsh who makes amazing stuff. Um, perfection is the enemy of good enough. 
Striving for perfection is admirable in many respects, unless it adds way too much time to the project. Decide what's acceptable and stop when you get there. Love the show. We love you, Marsh. And that's like, um, you know, what you always say, Phil, about the um, diminishing return. You know, that's it's right. Like, you got to you got to find that line. Sometimes you just got to say this is it. You know, I always it's I, been my it's my philosophy in making, but it's also my philosophy in business. Mm. I will take something to 85 percent. That takes 10 hours. If taking it from 85 to 100 is going to take another 10 hours, not worth it. Not Move worth on it. to the next thing and take that to 85%. Or take or take it to 90, you know? Whatever the case may be, yeah, whatever take it to, to that point yeah. where it just makes sense to let it go and then move on to the next one. And, and as an entrepreneur, um, you don't have a choice. Like, you've got you've to move. Otherwise, you sit there, in, you know, in paralysis trying to get this next thing a tiny bit better. It's mm. not uh, – yeah. no good. Yeah. You know, I, I love Marsh. Um, I've had the opportunity to hang out with Marsh. He's been in my house. Um, the guy is phenomenal, phenomenal fabricator, mm. uh, ingenuitive. He he just do anything. And based on his recommendation alone, I bought a very specific brand of tires for my bicycle since I keep getting flats. Oh, would you get um, Conti's? But uh, no, it's a uh, it's it's they're just. I don't even know the name of them. They're hanging up right here. I haven't had to use them yet, but I'm ready. Since first flat I get on my new bike, I'm going to put those tires on it. But what I wanted to say was no matter how phenomenal and amazing Marsh is, uh, if those tires suck, his abilities go right out the window. I'm just yeah, he's that. a hack. Guy's a hack. Yeah, he's, <laughs> totally. out. he's out. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Forget that. Work harder. Uh, okay. Uh, and then the last one we have here is a very specific one. But I, I liked it, and uh, it, as far as I'm concerned, it counts for a tip. So, uh, so Robert McCarty has entered in the contest. Uh, he just got done listening to episode 282, where the gentleman asked about how to reuse the mechanism from the sliding miter saw. And my thought was attach oh, a, a router to it. It would be much faster than setting up a clamp on straight edge uh, for straight lines, dados, uh, grooves, etc., juice grooves. Um, it might be a little difficult to keep level. Uh, for depth adjustments, but those are just my two cents. Thank you for an always entertaining show. You're usually in the top two of my favorite podcasts out there, which, um, I mean, it's a little... I think you could have you just said number one since you're writing to us, but whatever. Uh, you, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you, know, you guys are the part of the reason I'm starting to make my own content as well. Oh, great. So I'll have to look for Robert McCarty um, on YouTube and whatnot. Um, that's, I love that idea. I'm sure he will be one of my two favorite Roberts on YouTube. Yeah, one of my two favorite Robert McCarty's on YouTube. Absolutely. <laughs> no, everybody, don't don't be afraid to write in with tips for us. We won't hardly make fun of you at all. <laughs> Not even, a, I mean, no. barely. Barely. Like, it's like Those it wouldn't even taps. happen. Yeah. <laughs> Not even five minutes of the show is going to be dedicated to letting you know why you shouldn't have wrote in. But we, we talked about putting an angle grinder in there, which is a pretty... Uh, you know, I don't think it's like that far of a reach. It's a spinning blade, spinning blade, yeah. you know, the kind of. But the idea of putting a router in there, I mean, it would. Terrifying. Would, yeah, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> well, if you can extend, if you could extend the sliding part of it, right? So if you could weld on some extra length of the sliding part with a router, you can make that a pretty mean dado Beefy. machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I just, picturing. I just think you're going to have so much torque. It's just going to be herky-jerky all over the place. You have to screw down the machine and the wood. And no, no, no. You just got to screw the wood. Wait, 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 wait. Phil, what, it's going to be what all over the place again? Could you please say that again? Herky-jerky? Yeah, oh, I love it. 
Is that not an American expression? I've I've heard it. It's okay. It's just maybe not. Okay. not on the I West think Coast. it is. Back in the Leave It to Beaver days, yeah. <laughs> well, golly! <laughs> oh shucks. Um, Come on, sarn it. I think that I mean th- th- there is a a machine called a pin router, right? Um, and it's an overhead router, and it's what yeah. they use in a lot of factories where they have they have these templates. Um, it's almost like a copycat thing, you know. Um, what was it like? Uh, you, you move, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. You move the lever on one and it yeah. cuts on the other. So o- overhead routing is, you know, I mean, it's not like a pantograph. Hand- That's what it is. Pantograph. Yeah, it's almost like that. But that sometimes it's like where you actually hold the template and you, you run around. That's how they make guitars yes. and guitar factories. It's way faster than a CNC. So I don't think it's all that crazy of an idea. I don't what think, would be crazy is trying to make your own idea. is rigid enough. Uh, I, for, the, for the side to side. It is back and forth, but not side to side. Well, Robert, Phil is sub- sub- now subscribed to you <laughs> on YouTube, yeah. and you're I one of his favorite your Roberts. Build, my man. So we're, we can't wait to see this video. Yeah. You know, th- this makes me think. I just saw on somewhere on the the webs an ad for a radial arm saw of all things. It's like they're making a comeback, and this shows that the guy takes he's cutting out a uh, tenon on the end of a two by four. So he takes this uh, radial arm saw and he's able to spin the entire blade. Yep. So it's now flat, like horizontal, and oh, then he Jesus. cuts. Yeah, I mean it's just, but it's like it looks like it's made to do this. I'm like, that is, I would oh love to play with that. I mean, it just seems like it's like just, he's making like a cove. So th- picture the, blade, the tenon the on the end of a two by four, of... right? So he takes he takes the, oh. the okay and he goes and then he lowers it and he goes and then oh he goes. God. Yeah, and then all these guys. There's an ad on on one of the. You'll see it either on Facebook or Instagram or something, and I'm just like, wow, wow. I'm just like, they're coming back, baby. The radial arm saw that everybody's afraid of. That's they're coming back. Solid brass, something. I had I had that radial arm saw for a while, and then I tried selling it. And no one would buy it, and then I found that I could get more if I returned it because it was apparently a death machine. So like yeah. I was trying to sell it for like fifty bucks, and then someone just responded to my ad and said, "You know, they'll give you a hundred for it with a factory recall." See, <laughs> and, and I will still stick to this day that it is no more dangerous than any other. No, it's nah, tool in your you. shop. No, it's fine. I it's, think it's a data. It should be a. If you've got the room in your shop, a dedicated dado machine hmm. with a stack in it. I mean, just like uh, Frank Howarth has that. Yeah. Like, you imagine, he's got like, he's got two or three of them, I think. Yeah. yeah, and he has them all lined well, up so they have the same table. He's got a 16-inch beam saw, but yeah. he's got one that where it's a dedicated, all it does is dados. Yeah. And no, like that's to great. Have that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, they're, they're great to, tools. To use it in the way it's meant to be used, as long as you do that, I don't care what you use it for, whether it's dado, it's rip cut, it's, I mean, all these things that you can do with the thing, right? But you yep. have to use it and follow the destructions on how to use it safely and remember which way the blade's turning where the kickback is yeah. going to be all of those little things and and all the scariness goes away but it's there's been something happened to where there's just like this urban legend that came out about these things it's like people are terrified they've never used one they've never well, seen one and they're like oh no you can't use a real the danger this is outdated the reason is is that they were marketed towards weekend woodworkers homeowners and stuff like you don't need a table saw and a chop saw just buy this and so these people the the saturday you know workshop you know beer in their hand kind of guys were buying these things and building decks with them and cutting their fingers off because they weren't you know, it was just. See, was I don't even know if that's true, though, Tim. I don't even know. I mean, I bet you people have cut themselves on a on a table saw than have ever on one of those things. 
But, probably. Well, yeah, probably. But there's more table saws used. You know what I mean? It's like you're more likely yeah. to get in a motorcycle accident if there's more people riding motorcycles than horses. Like, you know, it's just... But uh, that was the concern was that, that there yeah, were, the, the people they were marketing it to were just, you know, shouldn't have had them. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have you them. You know who has one? Take up too much space. Pete has one. Lakeside Woodcrafter. Oh, yeah. Yep. Pete uses a radial arm saw. Yeah. That's because uh, he's a real like, man. Uh, to rip and to cut like that. He's not just using it to cross cut. He's, 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 yep. he's, he's a ripper. And it was one particular brand that, that caused. It was, I think, the one I had that I got the recall on. It was the Craftsman. It was like. Craftsman? Yeah. It was like. There, the there DeWalt's was, are very good. They were selling them for, yeah, the older ones. But like there was like this yeah. like 80s, 1980s kind of model that was made of a lot of plastic parts. I think the model was defective and inferior too. Mine had some kind of weird computer on it that never worked. Like you could actually like. Uh, I think it was supposed to be like a DOR or something. Yeah, exactly. But it never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but the from problem the 80s, was I mean, I the Ford recall, Fiesta was dangerous too. So, if I recall, what happened was I think some of these, the Craftsman ones, had like a very low fence, and what would happen was it would pull, I would pull it up over the fence. Yeah. 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 And then so it would, not, I guess, it's not kick back. It was a kick forward, and then this wood would go all over the place, mm. and uh, and I guess, I guess you'd butter your shorts. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it did that. It did all that when I had it. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Yeah, no, it was, all right, it was, so. Anyway. Yeah. Good tip, good tip. Hey, I want to do the um, I want to do the reviews because we missed last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the reviews. And then the show's pretty much over. So, because we're. <laughs> oh, nuts. Uh, we're kind of having, having one of those days. But, um, no, so, we have plenty of time. Um, the iTunes reviews, of course, is one of the ways you can help support the show, as Phil would would tell you if uh, if he was speaking, but I am, so you hear me. So you go to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and you can click right on the link, and you can open up this thing, and you can leave us a five-star review, and we will read that review on this podcast as long as it's five stars. And uh, the reason I didn't want to rush it last week is just for this first one here from Dr. Angel, who gave us five stars and wrote almost a perfect podcast. This review is long overdue. The conversations recorded on the podcast entertain and provide great tips and information every week. More important to me, uh, however, for the last year listening to these three gents talk about making creativity challenges and what else has helped me stay inspired to keep making myself. For that, I am very grateful, but I do have to call them out for questionable opinions of Star Trek Enterprise, though. While I agree with pretty much every other opinion they've shared about sci-fi, that series was garbage. Anyway, thanks so much to all three of you for making and sharing this. It's a positive thing to, that you are put in the world. And, and I was like reading this review, and I was like, oh, well, this is a really nice, thoughtful person. Obviously, you're very intelligent. And then, you, and then they get to that. And, well, you know, we've, we've always said, regardless of what you write, if it's five stars, we'll read it. We can make this the exception. Can we just edit this out? <laughs> all right, we'll just edit it out because you're just clearly wrong. Enterprise is fantastic. Beat I mean, the rest. Yeah. I don't agree reading. with you two on sci-fi very often, but Enterprise is the best Star Trek out there. So. <laughs> it's not the best Star Trek out there. It was it was pretty good, but it was not the best Star Trek out there. Let's not let's go crazy. Okay, Doctor Phil or whatever the heck your name is now. Well, you, you're just gonna say Next Generation Let's because of your age. Like that's why that yeah. was like your. First of all, that's ageist. Yeah, you don't know is. that I would say that. I mean, I would say that, but you don't know that I would say that. Yeah. I mean, not that we didn't spend seven minutes of our of our twelve minute pre show talking about <laughs> Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> Next generation was the best Star Trek. No yeah, doubt. Enterprise just ended poorly. And you can't say my age; it came out when I was nine. Exactly. What do you mean exactly? I wasn't watching it when I was nine. No, but you grew up with it. I started watching it at fourteen, fifteen years old. Yeah, if you, but if you yeah. started watching the original series at fourteen, fifteen. 
you would have thought then, that was better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would also be like, and, unless you went back to watch older. it, unless you went back to watch it and saw how horribly problematic that show is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, didn't hold up. I love the I love the original Star Trek movies. Yeah, those. I didn't are... like. I didn't love the series. The uh, Next Generation movies were not good. Uh, yeah, it's ironic. Yeah, the episodes were better than the movies. Yeah. But the original... See, you two are, again, you two are yeah, just too harsh, is all it is. You have too much... You're, you're trying to get Academy Award, Golden Globe, red carpet material out of TV sci-fi. But the universe is at stake. No, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, recognizing when something was excellent and mm-hmm. recognizing when it was just mediocre. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, Anyway, speaking of okay. mediocre, I'll do the next uh, Go for uh, it. Please, review. thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, um, let's see. Top billing, no filler, best, and I can't read the rest because I'm on the computer. It doesn't, anyway. It's five stars from the uh, six-string slinger. And uh, he says something like this. It doesn't get any better than these guys. Their execution of the three-person woodworking podcast formula is top-notch. Tim, you remind me of my older brother, both in physique and in general philosophy of life. Bill, you're exactly like my modern-day hippie uncle. Phil, I don't know anyone quite like you, but if I did, I wouldn't give you crackers and ask you to whistle. I'm not. I'm sure you probably haven't heard that phrase before, but it's only because I'm from Texas and I just made it up. Seriously, thank you all for the effervescent conversation and the intellectually stimulating topics that y'all discuss each week. I'm glad he threw a y'all in there because that 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 totally solidified. Solidified Texas, Texas. Yeah. yeah, giddy up. Okay, y'all. I didn't believe him until as then. a reclaimer. <laughs> As a reclaimer myself, it's awesome to have an auditory refuge from the commercialism and throwaway culture that's so prevalent today. Thanks again, Michael Oldham. Oldham Woodworks, IG, at, or, or Instagram, at Oldham Woodworks, uh, at Oldham Woodworks. Hello. So, Michael, you're welcome. And uh, I didn't mean the mediocre part about you, I don't think. No, no, no. We knew that it was about Bill. We yeah. understood that. Yeah, we understood yeah, that. Okay. We got that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we understood yeah. Uh, Michael, great review yes, and very well very spoken. Much. Thank you yes. so much. And obviously, understands that Star Trek Enterprise is the best <laughs> Star Trek. It's not the best. So. Nobody agrees that. What? Well, it's the best. I agree. It is the best. It's it's, it's the best. Phil, why don't you read We're the not last movies? Not movies. Series. Oh, oh. I don't have it up there. Tim, Next read the last one. Oh, okay. I'll read the last one. Uh, this is from Robert the Bald One. So, <laughs> one of the two Robert the Balds. That's my favorite. Yeah, there's only two bald Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent shop listening. I look forward to listening to these guys every week while working in the shop. A good wait a minute. A good background conversation that doesn't distract from the work at hand too much with the occasional great tip. Abort! Abort! That's terrible. <laughs> that was a little backhanded. <laughs> this is not complimentary. Uh, this is the best cheap wine I've ever drank. <laughs> Oh, you guys are like he the best. He probably doesn't white think Enterprise ever. is the best Star Trek either, so we, we can take his uh, opinion with a grain of salt. I'm just saying. No, I, I agree, though, because I do enjoy this like format of podcast in the background because it's like if you miss a couple seconds, you don't. Some podcasts you listen to, if you're listening to like a true crime podcast, right, and you're trying to work, and you go to turn the yeah. saw and you miss, like, oh, it's like, was that an important. You end up finding yourself stopping and waiting a lot. But with this format. Yeah, of there's podcast, nothing important at all when we talk, so right. that's good. If you miss Bill, you're yeah. probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah yeah he's actually better off i think yeah no he's he's doing it right no doubt right yeah, no yeah. Doubt. You, best by the my way favorite. if you wore your isotunes links you'd be able to hear <laughs> that is true 100 percent. you don't miss anything with the isotune links you, you will with the earbuds a little bit with the links you hear everything yeah. i don't care how many routers are running you're gonna hear it yeah or yeah stationary mm. or otherwise mm. um yeah 
<laughs> so should we talk about a topic or? Mm, I don't know. I, th- okay. <laughs> I think we're, I mean, the topic, we did have a topic which we can save for next week. Uh, the topic that we sort of evolved into, I think we, I mean, we basically talked about it, it's like, so how expensive building materials are. And so maybe here's a point where we really go like, oh yeah, hello, duh, this is why we're Reclaimed Audio Podcast. It's not like just like, for me, it's a lot about environmentalism and stuff, but I think for all three of us, the reason we're reclaimers in the first place is because we don't want to pay for brand new wood. And so let's yeah. like, let's re- take this minute to get back. You more know. than that. We don't, it's not just that we just don't want to pay for new material. It's also that because we think we're doing everybody a service by keeping things out of the landfill. Mm. And, Absolutely. Uh, by reusing wood, I don't know. I'm probably, you're probably just all about the money, Tim. I am about saving the planet. So. Well, and the you know the lifestyle, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the paper. Well, I think, I, the, the fun part of it is too when you've got the space and you've got the time, collecting free materials, right? Collecting yeah. garbage, dumpster diving, all of that stuff is a lot of fun, and it is fun when you when you're out doing that or something just pops up on the curb. It's a thrill. It really is. Phil, you come across an old maple tabletop right tell me that yeah, doesn't genius. just get you excited it does honestly like i like i on garbage day and probably sound like a huge weirdo as i'm driving my kids to school i'm whipping my head back and forth what do we got what do we got mm. what do we got drop the kids off if i saw anything good i'm going back to get it i just um just the other day i was driving to pick up a rain barrel and um th- there was a, as one does yeah typical saturday you know and um yeah. Yeah, I saw a hollow cord door and a uh, like a kitchen countertop piece on the side of the table. I almost stopped and grabbed them, but I had a rain barrel and my truck's small. So, <laughs> but but so they're like those are two sources of plywood right there for free. Right, right. Seriously though, the, the getting back to the basics, you're right, Tim. This is reclaimed audio. Um, uh, times are tight right now. Mm. Expensive materials. People are out of work or or underworking. Don't be. Don't think that you can't make. You can. You know, go out there and, and do something good for your neighborhood by getting some garbage up off the curb. Uh, come up with some ideas. Get back in the shop. Keep your mind busy and, and exercise those uh, creative energies. And all all those construction projects that are happening around the country right now that are causing these these construction materials to go up in price means that there's construction waste. Yeah, there's, there's dumpsters. That. Yeah, and and a lot of the times. If you were going to use plywood or OSB for whatever it is that you're using, collect a bunch of, like, solid wood garbage, and mm. ultimately you'll be working with something that's a better quality material, ironically. Mm. Yeah, and even, like, you know, there's there's no reason you can't laminate a bunch of pallet slats together and make your own sheets, you know? Right, so yeah. Mix it, you I know, just, do a waffle pattern them and, you know? Yeah. yeah, just keep wood movement in mind a little bit, but yeah, mm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You can make your own panels yeah. all day long. I mean, with the holocore doors, I've done that. I've made three-quarter inch plywood with those. Oh, my God. How long does that take? It's not long because um, – well, here's my new trick. Okay, here's here's a tip. Uh, I was just doing a, a door glue up. The the part that took long was sanding all the finish off because the inside is not finished, but the outside is, right? So if you're gluing yeah. two pieces together to make quarter-inch plywood – uh, you don't have any sanding to do, right? Because you just glue the two insides together. So it's minimal sanding. But, yeah. but then as soon as you want to get to anything thicker than that, you got to sand the finish side to get them to stick. And so uh, it's two, four, six, eight pieces of holocore door to get three quarter, right? Because two, four, six, six pieces of holocore door to get to three quarter because two is a quarter. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not that much. Six, r- yeah. yeah. Six. But like, it's I only just four sandings, though. Yeah, it's not that bad. But 
if you don't use wood glue and you use epoxy, there's no sanding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That was, I was just doing a Is there anybody out there that makes epoxy affordable that's in larger amounts than just you know, buying it from the big box store? I think huh. I think Tim Sway 15 is a code that still works at totalboat.com, which is of course the best epoxy to use. Hallelujah. Um and that's that's what oh. I I was using that just the other day I did a glue up for another guitar neck blank out of Holocore doors and um and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to sand all these pieces. They're already cut in a strip, so it's like leftovers from other stuff." And I was like, I don't want to sand all these individual strips. That's going to be a pain in the neck, you know? And I was like, well, why am I using wood glue? Just use epoxy. Hmm. And, it, and it, I didn't sage keep the project words, still Tim, economical. Sage words. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more expensive than wood glue. Um, but I didn't use a ton of epoxy. I didn't do like a micarta thing where I had like a whole mold and stuff. I laid out all my pieces. I mixed up, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of epoxy. And I, and I, I poured it over the pieces and I used a... A dead, uh, like th- what, like three-inch roller brush, like a little three-inch paint roller. I had one that was yeah. that was dry, right? The paint had dried on, so it was hard. And I yeah. and I used that, and I just literally just rolled the epoxy on each piece, and then put just like you would with wood glue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just threw that brush out when it was done. I just basically pulled it from the trash, used it, and then put it back in the trash. And so I didn't right. use. It wasn't like where I had to use like a half a gallon of epoxy, you know. Um, not a ton of squeeze out, just enough to stick it all together. And it seems like I already, once it was done, it wasn't perfectly even and stuff, of course. And so I just ran it through my planter and my planer and jointer and didn't come apart. It's all perfect. And how are you clamping sort of like the middle? Like how big are these sections? Well, this particular one was 28 inches or 26 inches long by two inches wide by oh, okay. uh, like three inches wide, right? So it was like a block. But when I did the three quarter inch plywood, I used wood glue, but same rules would apply for the epoxy. What I did was, um, now my workbench isn't perfectly flat. So I put uh, I put something down, I don't remember what, just something that was flat. And I made the panels I made were about two foot by four foot. Um, okay. You know, I, making a four by eight would be a, obviously not possible because the doors aren't that big. But uh, so I made a two foot by four foot panel and I put it on a flat surface and, and I did the same thing. I just rolled glue, put the next one, rolled glue, put the next one. I clamped around the edges and I just put weight in the center. And that was it. Okay. So the thought process is different yeah. because you're not, again, we're thinking a sheet of plywood is four by eight, that I right. need to cut all my pieces out of that four by eight sheet to where if you're going to make your own plywood, you're going to cut your pieces first. Big enough for the then part. You're gonna sand, then you're going to make your plywood. So if you right. need you're gonna a piece want to oversize it a little 16 bit. inches by 4 inches, make yeah. your three-quarter inch 16 by 4 piece yep. or a little bigger, yep. cut it to show. So you're, you're actually doing the, the cut sheet on each eighth-inch layer. Yeah. So to be on the safe side, if you need a 16 by 4, you're going to want to go 18 by 5 or 6. You know what I mean? And you cut no, no, no. The, I, the I know, but, be, but I'm yeah. saying, so that, that just immediately changes my mind on how much sanding there is because that's not <laughs> sanding at all. If I'm making if I'm making one piece that's 18 by 4, and again, if it's three-quarter inches thick, you're using six pieces of that, you'd have to sand four pieces, right? The Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the sanding isn't horrible. And if you use 60 grit in a palm sander, and if you're doing that 18 by 6-inch piece... And you had to sand those four interior sides. I mean, you really do need to sand both sides because it would be like cardboard stuck. But the cardboard comes right off, like from the interior. Right. You know, you're really talking to do that, to sand that, you're talking less than five minutes. Yeah. I mean, you have a drum sander, Tim. Why wouldn't you just send it through that? I do have a drum sander. Uh, I could send it through that. The drum sander is kind of a pain in the neck for the thin stuff sometimes. Um, well, you make a sled for it. Yeah, you, you have to make a yeah. sled for it and stuff. And that's why. Like, I just, you know. But, and also, huh. I worry about the drum sander taking too much off because it's eighth-inch sheets, and I would be worried about, like, 
burning through the first layer or something. Like, it doesn't matter if you make making plywood, I guess, but... but yeah. Um, yeah, I just found with a palm sander, I can just get the finish off and just make it even and consistent. I, I, think, I think a palm sander would just make the process pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm just lazy. I would just send it through that drum you're sander. The, well, you're about to be working out of a closet, so... Stop thinking about yeah, drum sanders and start thinking about palm sanders. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. looking at a two by four sanding block future, on buddy. your on your micarnitized no. uh, eight inch. Are you kidding? Holocordors. Closet would be upgrade. I'm going to be uh, probably using a scraper. Probably very little sanding, in fact. No. Mm. Look at me. I'm going back to the 18th century here. There you go. I don't have a scraper though. I will have to probably probably get one. You know the square actually makes a a mighty fine scraper. Yeah, you should buy an extra three or four of them. Probably get a scraper though. Um, I have I have my square, and it is an indelible fixture in my shop, and it needs to be displayed in its pristine glory. It's it's good for quick scraping, but if you need to do some serious scraping, a real card scraper it bends and is flexible, and is that's kind of part of yeah. It, you know. And you can put a burr on it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's what I meant. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. Tim, Did we just pull out one of the best podcasts ever? Without even trying, I think that's what happened here. Well, it's all these great uh, tips. We were, we've been we're trying very hard. Yeah, no, we're it's all these quite great, hard. all these great tips we've been getting are making um, making this. I've, I've been enjoying the heck out of reading these these tips. So please send them in. We got a few more weeks of this contest. Send them in to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast dot to be eligible to win your uh, potentially a new set of isotunes. So I, I've been seeing a lot on YouTube. Um, these guys are uh, here's your chance to win a fully restored nineteen seventy Bronco with thirty thousand dollars cash. Maybe we can do that kind of a contest next time or something. I'm just honestly, that is super, super generous of you. Mm. Wow, for putting up the cash like that, Bill. Wow, honestly, step it up. Kudos. Keep sending those tips in. I'll be working on it. I promise. Yeah, yeah he's working on the thirty thou giveaway. <laughs> um, what grabbed your attention this week? Let's go to uh, let's go to Rockefeller. What uh, what are you watching there, Bill? <laughs> So I got I got a couple of things that grabbed my attention. Number one, Mr. Chris Cute because well he's Chris right, and um, he tagged me and he's cute. He tagged yeah. me and said, "Hey, uh, check out this guy." And it's a guy that I have always checked out. And it's um, not just Sawdust, and I think his name is Garrett. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he did a uh, and Chris tagged me because one of his videos that he came out with was about a cigar box guitar. Uh, it's a three part series. Garrett is the no joke reclaimer. He's the real deal. This guy takes. A part of washing machine to make his own mailbox, you know, like a, a mailbox and like on a stand out front of your house type thing, the kind you hit with a baseball bat when you're a kid. Um, he's no joke. He makes jigs, he makes furniture, um, he makes jigs that make the furniture. I mean, it's just he's he's an amazing reclaimer. And it's always out of reclaimed materials. Anyway, so he did this three part series on a cigar box, or actually, it's just a box guitar. It's like a small wooden box the size of a cigar box. Made this thing, but here's the interesting thing, and Tim, you'll appreciate this. Mm -hmm. the, the pickup on it is a sliding pickup. So instead of you having two pickups there to toggle between back and mm -hmm. forth, he actually made that pickup mounted on a little metal plate that underneath the lid of the, uh, the cigar box with the hole big enough, you can slide it back and forth. I saw the thumbnail for that, but I haven't had a chance. I've been subscribed to him for years. I haven't it's, had a chance to watch it. It's like yet. it's a pretty ingenious idea. So it gives you that, you know, because you get a little bit of different sound if you got the pickup closer to the bridge, yeah. if you got it closer to the neck. So that's, anyway, I that's just, my plan for the that uh, arch top guitar I have with the broken neck and it has a sound hole in it. My plan was to make a plate. So that's why I want to see what he did because I haven't really figured out how oh. I'm going to do it yet. Was I was going to make a plate that pops into that sound hole that had a rail that I could slide a pickup on. 
because um, there have been products made like that too, but I, yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten into thinking about it yet. And I was like excited to see his, because he's a really clever yeah, guy. I mean, it's pretty simple the the, the, yeah. the way he did it. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so that's uh, not just sawdust is uh, what got my attention. Thanks to a uh, Chris Cube tagging me in a in a Facebook mm. thing. Awesome. Tim, what about you? What uh, uh, what grabbed your attention this week? I said at the top, uh, Crimson Guitars, who's hosting the Great Guitar Build-Off, and I would suggest people searching that hashtag, um, GGBO or GGBO2021, but uh, I think that, I think most people are using the, the original one, too, uh, to see some of the really cool guitars that people are making, because it's not just like the dozen people that are in the Invitational. There's like, there's like dozens of other people making guitars all in their own voice and style, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to see. Hmm. I... Uh, the, my attention was captured today by a very short video uh, by a, a ginger-haired man. You probably don't know him. Um, and he <laughs> turned a series of feeler gauges into um, basically fret saws, tiny little, tiny little, very thin saws by, uh, by creating teeth for them with a triangular file. And I thought that was very clever and very ingenious. can't remember his name, though. It's It'll probably not worth mentioning, to be honest. It'll come to me. Well, he should write it in and be eligible, maybe for. <laughs> Employees are not eligible. Nice try, Tim. Guys, it was Tim. I was just kidding. Um, I can't take I, credit. I for saw that. that. That was I very learned clever. that somewhere, but I don't remember where. Um, that is yours. That's how that goes. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I did that. That was me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he invented it. Uh, very cool tip. Yeah, you and, know, and it's uh, funny. I I wish that it was an afterthought because while I was filming, it was for the people video. And while I was filming, I just I took a minute because people had asked me about it in other videos. I was like, oh, here, I'll explain this. So I just and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll make it a sidebar video. And I, and it was a perfect opportunity to mention our Isotunes contest. On and you you called me out on that in the comments. Yes, I did. And I was like, you know what? I just I wasn't thinking about the podcast at all. I was just like in the place of building that instrument. I was like, damn it. Oh. <laughs> I was like. I think you can say damn it. It's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the video has 300,000 views. That was a huge opportunity. You know, no, you it doesn't. It has 3,000. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm not very good with numbers. 3,000. You're right. So the idea is that the feeler gauge, you pick the thickness that you want for the yeah, slot. Yeah, because they're all in hundreds of inches. It's got teeth inch. on it, and that you, just, you just cut the exact... Oh, right, so you I need like to... It. you got to string this point zero one zero thick. You know, you just find the point zero one zero, and you take a, a corner file and just put a bunch of teeth in it and cut your slots. So, and then if you have, um, like, the ones I have go up to, like, guitar strings range from 0 .010 to 0 .046. Um, you or around there, 4.8, whatever, you know. I bought files for the bigger, thicker ones uh, and bases and stuff, but for the thin ones, I use these these little saws that I made. And so I might have, um, like, the thickest that my feeler gauge goes is, like, 0 .035, but I can hold the 0 .035 and the 0 .011 together and saw at the well, same time. Well, that's how you're supposed to them. use a feeler gauge anyway. So. Right, to, to get your combinations yeah. for the thicker. And uh, because they're flexible enough to do that. So you can basically, anything up to 0 .069, you could, you could and, cut. And to, to um, just elaborate a little bit more, these are to cut the slots at the nut at the top right. of the neck. Yes. Okay. Or if you had a wooden bridge, you might want to cut slots there too. But yeah, it's just because right. you don't want your string to be loose in that slot. It'll vibrate and move around a little bit. So you want it to be as exact to the thickness of the string as possible. Right. Yeah. I imagine it would also abrade, and, and, and if it was able to move around constantly, it would actually wear a deeper, wider sure. hole. Sure. It would, yeah. it would, yeah. And that was one of the tips that came up in the comments. Someone said, I just used the actual string itself to make those slots, which... 
makes perfect sense to me, and there's no reason why I couldn't because they're, they're usually like well, kind as of long a, as it's wound, yeah, right. A wound string <coughs> with the unwound string, the skinnier ones are usually unwound, so they don't have any kind of you know teeth to them. But uh, but with a wound string, it's like oh yeah, just drag the string back and forth over the saw. You can do that too to save money, but but the the, like the saws the saws are a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saws are a little bit easier than that. So and for you know they're to buy those files are like twenty bucks each. You know, Jeez. Yeah, the conversations, the conversations here. I'm telling you guys, we we are a mountain of knowledge. No, no, we're 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 like a, we're like a dam of knowledge, and the dam <laughs> breaks once a week, and we just spill yeah. forth and annihilate the populace with our wisdomsness. Yeah, that's that's quite the mm. metaphor. Um, our websites, williamlutes.com, newperspectivesmusic.com, guineapegtanks.com, squiretools.com, and isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio. Do I have to Contact sponsor us. this podcast to get you to say squaretools.com properly? Is Hold that, on a second. I'm not saying it correctly. I'm just reading it the way it's spelled. <laughs> Actually, it's, I do. Sequare. I am. Yeah. I am a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> It's it's quarry. Yeah, I pay a oh, bu- yeah, I pay a buck dollar. a month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I give you back that buck, but that's fine. Well, you give All me right. back 33 me... cents of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, what is this? QuinoaTools.com, SquareTools.com. <laughs> Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. Write an email or send us a voice note to get it entered into that contest. You can hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio iTunes reviews, five stars. Clearly, we will read them out regardless of how insulting they are based on Star Trek shows. And Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the best way to keep us on the air. Thank you, and have a great week, everyone. Bye, everybody. Be good.